This is an ABC podcast. Ah, oh, kids' birthday parties. They can be a lot for the parents with that pressure to deliver Instagrammable party moments. We got to this person's house and there were 20 other children. Everyone starts singing and she just bursts into tears. It's not the Met Gala, it, you know, it's a kid's birthday party. And for the kids, who with a build-up of nerves, excitement and overwhelm end up absolutely losing it instead of enjoying their very special day of celebration. I'm Maggie Dent and as a mum of four and a nanny to seven, I've been to my fair share of birthday parties over the years. In this Parental as Anything, how to help your kids enjoy birthday parties without meltdowns and freakouts. What can you do beforehand to make sure the day is a, well, a sort of success? And if you keep it simple, will your kids still feel special? When Genevieve Muir planned her son's first birthday party, <laughs> oh, she had grand ambitions. I wanted to have two entertainers and a big bought cake that was $200. But she quickly realised that perhaps she had overdone it. Less really is more when it comes to parties. Jen is a mum of four boys and a founder of Connected Parenting. <laughs> Jen, do you think it's just social media? that has us wanting to throw bigger birthday parties for our children nowadays. It's funny, when I was throwing my first big party for my first two little boys, they were two and four, and I wanted to have two entertainers and a big bought cake that was $200. And my mum said, you know, I think that they might just enjoy a couple of friends and the cake you made. Did I listen? No. I threw the massive party and it went okay, But I look back and I think the parties they've really enjoyed more than that one have been the ones that were simpler, that they've had a big say in planning and where we've tried to pair it back a little bit. As parents, I think we really want to make our child feel special. And so we see something and we think that might be the way. I've been parenting my four boys through the era of social media. So Facebook was born with my first son and Instagram was born with my second. And so we do compare and sometimes we have these great grand plans. But what I've learned over the years of raising my four boys is that less really is more when it comes to parties. So for children of any age, going to a birthday party means that they're out of their routines. They're out of their comfort zones. And throwing a birthday party for a bunch of 10-year-olds is very different to throwing a birthday party for very little ones. So what should parents of children under three keep in mind when they're planning the big birthday? You know, I think that for your one-year-old, you can go as big as you like because as a parent, you've made it and your baby is probably going to be probably have a nap in the middle of it. Right in the middle of it. You toast a glass of champagne and you guys made it to one. And I think do whatever you want. When we get to two or three, we can be so excited. It's the first year our kids are kind of aware. It's their birthday. And we can be tempted to invite the whole play group or the whole daycare or preschool. And I really do think less is more. My mum used to say, really, for kids who are two, about two friends is enough. For kids who are three, three friends is enough. I think the biggest gauge 
stage is look at how my child is going on a play date with one to two kids. If they're still navigating how to share and how to work along with others, probably a party with 10 kids, it's not going to be enjoyable for them. So I do think for our little ones under three, the simpler, the better for those little guys. You see a lot of things on Instagram, all sorts of like elaborate parties and parents going all out with balloon installations and themed parties and things like that. You kind of just absorb it when you're you're scrolling through and you just think, oh gosh, okay, maybe I have to do that. And also when you have a social circle as well and all the other parents are throwing birthday parties to their children, you feel like you need to live up to that expectation. That if you haven't made this a similar effort, it, it might seem like, you know, you don't really care. And it's just a standard, I guess, I felt like I had to live up to in a way and that I wanted to make sure that my son was celebrated in a way that people thought, OK, well, yes, like she wants to mark this occasion in a special way. Do you think we need to change the notion that bigger is better when it comes to birthdays, especially when everything adds up so quickly? decorations, party food, lolly bags, oh, and the venue hire if you're trying to keep your house clean for when you get home. It's easy even for very simple birthday parties to creep into the hundreds of dollars. There's the time and the stress involved and organising the cake. Oh my goodness, I still have memories of the Women's Weekly Birthday Cake book icing for hours. The pressure. No, it's real. Look, I do love to bake, but I find the pressure of doing that cake, knowing I'm hosting a party, I'm sort of a bit too nervous planning everything else. So for me, I've learnt it's better to remove one little bit of pressure. One of the best cakes my boys have ever had, they still rave about it. I went and bought 12 donuts and we literally just piled them up on a plate and stuck a candle in the top. And the boys all devoured them and raved about it, went home telling their parents, best cake ever. I think, you know, that honestly, as long as they're happy, I've had times my kids are very into, say, Iron Man or Captain Underpants. And you know what? You can buy on eBay just a little kind of topper and then you can just stick it on a Woolies cake or you can just make a basic cake if you want to bake it. Stick the topper on the top and that's all the baking you have to do. So for me, it's cutting the corners. But I so admire people that are creative and they're able to make those cakes. My grandma used to make me the most beautiful cakes and it made me feel so special. But it's not what I can do for my kids, not on the party day anyway. I can definitely recommend don't go on Pinterest. (laughs) No, don't go on Pinterest. Please don't go on there because you will just feel like you've failed completely as a parent with the cake. Now, let's go to one other thing that comes up at parties that sometimes we as the grown-ups over-control and over-organise. So, therefore, we have decided that they're going to play that game, that game, that game. And the kids aren't. And the kids are all actually, yeah, right. (laughs) You know, you and I work a lot around children, so we know that there are times if they're happy, we just leave them be. Yeah. If they're actually all playing beautifully together, you don't do anything. No. That's actually a beautiful party. Yeah. So can we say it's okay? You don't have to have a lot of games. Maybe just a few balloons and keepy-uppy. Totally. And sometimes just a trampoline. And then it's good to have a few things up your sleeve for when things are running off the rails and the kids need a bit of wrangling. So what really does stand out for kids at birthday parties? Why not ask them? The best birthday party I've ever had was my seventh birthday party and it was disco themed. I like eating ice cream cake with no sprinkles. (laughs) 
The best thing about birthday parties is hanging out with your friends and having fun. I like playing past the parcel a lot. Snacks like chips and lollies and then cake, obviously. My favourite birthday party was when everyone slept outside in the backyard. Okay, when a birthday party is coming up, there is such a big build-up of anticipation and nerves and excitement. And these feelings can be a lot for children. So less can be more when it comes to parties. Less kids, less fuss, less structure. And of course, involving them in the planning, it really can help. It's my children that have pulled me back from grand plans on so many occasions (laughs) when I wanted to get all excited. So I think listening to them, getting them involved in the planning is half the fun. If I know they're going through one of those stages as kids can, whether it's that they will have trouble separating from me at Mm -hmm. the party or they might melt down, it's really talking them through who will be there, what's going to happen, what it will look like, what food is there, being as visual as possible with them, drawing it out with very little kids prepping all of that and then saying, so what can we do if we get to the party and this bit's really hard? Or if you're feeling a bit worried and and it's a bit noisy, what are some of the things we can do? I've prepared with my kids little secret codes, but they can come and just press my hand if they need a break. Just letting them know that you are that safe base and talking them through that often means when they get there, they go so much better. When they arrive at the birthday party, you know, either their own or a friend's, It is totally normal for them to feel a little anxious and nervous and apprehensive. So what can we do as their big safe people for when they are feeling maybe a little more worried than you might expect? For those kids who are nervous and we notice that we might want to say, you'll be fine, it's all your friends, just go do it, you know, (laughs) just come on. If we can just stop and acknowledge that feeling and say, do you know what, I can see you're worried and that makes sense, that is so normal. Lots of kids get worried. I get worried at parties. We can just hang together until you're ready. That relief for our little kids who get nervous of not feeling pushed, particularly by their their primary caregiver, just makes such a difference. Give them a story of their bravery. So they might be feeling nervous about this party on this day, but you can remind them, I know you've got this because I remember you were nervous about going down the big slide at the park the other day and then you did it and now you're really good at that. So I know you've got this. I kind of want to throw in here too, don't oversell how much fun it's going to be because there's these unpredictable moments in all children's lives where things just go to muck and they can get really upset. Kids have a little sensory cup and for some kids that's quite big, they can take quite a lot and for some kids that's tiny, it's like an egg cup. And I like to think of on a day of a party, some kids are going to arrive at that party and their cup is already full because they're wearing different clothes, they're out of their routine, just the excitement within their body of knowing they're coming to a party or the nerves is enough to have that child at capacity. So then they walk in, there's new food, there's loud noises, there's a jumping castle. You might start to notice that child that is either having trouble slow to warm or that child that is becoming increasingly unregulated or having trouble sharing or or coping. 
I would approach them in different ways. For the child that is getting a bit more unregulated and having trouble coping, maybe about to melt down, I try to get them out of there. And what I might say is, could you come with me and we'll just check out if all the presents are lined up right? And then we can check in with them, maybe offer them a, a drink of water, give them just a second to bring that energy down. And I think that can make a difference. Ideally, if that is a child that is going to struggle, the parents are there and they can do even better at giving that child some tools to go back in. For our slow to warm up kids, one of the things that can just make all the difference with those kids is letting them know it's okay to be slow to warm up. Sometimes we say, do you know what? I can see you're feeling a bit worried about joining in. I get worried at parties too. That's so normal. And you don't have to rush off. You can wait right here with me if you like. I find you look down within three seconds and they're gone because that relief of not feeling pushed, whether it's our own child or another child, is all they need. But if they don't go, the next thing I look for is a cue or a clue that they are starting to warm up. And that might be a child that was sitting on, just say it's, you know, on your and, it's and it's very much been me and you've got the <laughs> one child that will not get off your leg and you're thinking, what am I doing wrong or what are they doing wrong? And then you start to notice they're looking at that jumping castle or that entertainer and they look a bit interested. And I think that's our clue to say, hey, I notice you're looking over there at the jumping castle or the entertainer and I can see you're a bit interested. Should we go a bit closer and check it out? And again, you're just giving them just enough support for them to feel brave enough. We don't want to send them into fight or flight where they're overwhelmed, but giving them just enough support. I find if you can be cool about it and don't push, gosh, it makes such a difference. We need to remember every child is different and they manage social situations differently depending on all sorts of things. And I want to kind of give a shout out for the sensitive, uh, the shy, or even the neurodivergent children where parties can be a particularly big challenge for them because they are noisy, unpredictable and overwhelming. I have four children and they are all autistic with ADHD. As a mum with ADHD and sensory sensitivities herself, Sarah has a pretty good radar for things that might dysregulate her kids. However, no one can predict everything. We went to one with my now 14-year-old and we just didn't realise that her expectation was that it would be just her and her friends. And so when we got to this person's house and there were 20 other children, she was disappointed. (laughs) The games that they played um, were just too wild and out of control. And then, like, the snacks or the food that was there, like, she's got really distinct preferences. And it was just all, all wrong. And she spent much of the party in tears. Now, Sarah does a bit more preparation before taking her kids to parties. They want to spend time with their friends. And we just let the parents know, look, they're a really selective eater and... We're sending along some things that they can eat so you don't have to worry that they're not eating and they don't have to feel left out. So, what is Sarah's advice to parents who are inviting neurodivergent kids to big, noisy parties? If a neurodivergent child is there, to not place, I guess, too many shoulds or too many expectations of this is the way it looks when a child is having fun or enjoying themselves. There's no one way to do it and I think just keeping an open mind and being flexible that's what neurodivergence is all about it's not 
necessarily squeezing into a box or cutting yourself to fit. So if you notice a child at a party that you're hosting is struggling, not enjoying it, Jen, tell us what can you do to help in that moment? I think as the host, we can be really mindful of reaching out to those parents and sensitively saying, hey, if your child needs a space to chill out, I've actually got a space set and up. And it's okay to wear headphones yeah, if it gets you too know, noisy. And, and what else can we do to set you up for success? We want it to go well for everybody. And so many little kids struggle with that sensory environment. If a child is neurodivergent, often they're, they're working with a great OT and, again, practising in advance. All the stuff we've talked about today still applies, only those parents are working a lot harder. And so it's making sure that they have that support as well and that we keep including and, and accommodating so that they have a chance at success. As a parent of a neurodivergent child or a child who's sensitive or has sensory anything going on, we're watching our child for those signs that they are going into that red zone or they're coming down and we're kind of like, okay, I might step in here. And sometimes even just a big squeeze with a parent, a big hug on the spot just gives them something back to keep playing. They're having a good time but they just need a little boost. We're going to talk about etiquette because seriously, it's heartbreaking, you know, when your child comes home because they didn't get invited to a party again or little Johnny or Jenny are handing out invites to almost everybody, but you don't get one. Inviting the whole class isn't necessarily going to bring the joy of your child because there may be kids in the class they don't get on with or they've had difficulties with that they don't like, Mm. right? So how do we do that? It's on us as parents to talk to our kids and say, look, remember, we are only having five or seven of these kids from the soccer team to the party. So it's a good idea not to then talk about it in front of those other kids that aren't coming. And that's just the manners that we start to teach our kids and remind our kids and they're going to make mistakes, but we're going to try and sort of remind that to them. Look, it's one of life's toughest lessons (laughs) to accept you're not invited to something that you really wanted to go to. It sucks and it hurts. I think it's a great opportunity to talk to your child about disappointment, that sometimes you'll get invited and sometimes you just won't. And you know what? It's okay. And maybe on the day of the party, my suggestion is have a mum date or a dad date where you go and spend some really special time around the party time doing something that puts a sparkle in your child's eyes so that they're not sitting, marinating in all the feelings on what they're missing out on. At what point is it okay to drop them off and pick them up two hours later? Like the dream, I mean, oh, I didn't say the dream. (laughs) (laughs) Two hours of freedom. Oh, my gosh, did I say that? About what age do parents not come anymore? I think around five. Okay. I think around five years old, around kindy age is the age you can leave, again, depending on your child's needs. I think if you have a child that is struggling with loud noises and flashing lights and you drop them off at a disco party and leave. It's not going to go well. It's not going to go well for your child. And we want to set them up for success. So I think it's a good idea, especially at first, to hang a little bit and make sure they're going well and check in with those parents, all that clear communication. 
Love that. I think that's fantastic. Some weekends, there can be a cluster of parties, like three birthday parties in a weekend for kids under eight. Now, they're already exhausted from Mm. school. It's absolutely okay for them to go to the children. This is a real lot. Yeah. Which of these might we be able to not go to possibly? Or can we go for a shorter time? Because by that third party... There's not much left in that cup, is there, that we're talking about? No, and that's not all kids and some kids are not getting a ton of invites and that can be hard as well. For those kids that are getting a ton of invites, super lucky. And I think it is about looking at that energy budget and not just for the kids but for the parents. I mean, parents are running those kids around all week to and from school to a million activities and they are going to need to... (laughs) fill their energy cups as well. So I think it is about as a family making some decisions and equally sometimes a child might get invited to a party that's a sleepover before they are ready for that or before the parents are comfortable and I think it's okay to say my child's going to come for an hour and they're not going to stay. We're not ready for that yet. So I think as parents it is about those boundaries for like what works for us, as well as looking at what's going to work for our child. Because if you're absolutely spent by Sunday, you're probably not going to feel great Mm. in class on Monday. Now, can we talk about the lolly bag? The world has changed and we are much more conscious of the dangers of too much sugar. Yeah. I am seeing some very creative ways of not sending a giant bag. Mm. I'm still okay with a smallish bag. What other things are you seeing that are replacing that? Yeah, I think for little kids, I love the idea of giving them a a little bubble wand each. And that's so beautiful, isn't it? I mean, it's a little bit of waste. Yep. I'm very mindful of this. So we try to go for alternatives to the sugar. Things made of paper. But then um, some of those alternatives can be plasticky. So if we can do things that are made of paper, I love giving them a little themed pencil, which you can buy from party shops. It's not too expensive and they love it. I do try to watch the sugar and try to be mindful of who's coming with the party bag, making sure it's safe for little ones that might swallow something. I really think less is more. So giving just one thing, I've had um, my child's been given a yo-yo. Yep. How good is that? Just a yo-yo. I've had kids get a new little book because you can get books quite cheaply, yep. can't you, from you some can, of our big commercial shops? You can, or a little shops. tub of Play-Doh. Play-Doh. But don't give slime. No, please, please don't, don't give slime. slime. <laughs> I think it's a great idea to have some clear family guidelines around birthdays in general, even when they're little toddlers, and that not every year is going to be the big birthday bash that beats last year's big birthday bash, especially when you've got multiple children. So in my house, you had a cycle of three years. You could have a party up to 10. In those days, nobody invited the whole class. It was a new thing today. Second year, it would be just family, which grandparents often came to. And the third year, you could pick two friends and we'd go to the pizza restaurant. So it was a rotation of that. And sometimes they just said, can we just have sausages down at the barbie near the beach? Like, we got them used to the fact that not every year was going to be huge. So here are some of my big tips for (laughs) having successful birthday parties for children. Have really clear guidelines and predictability about parties and birthdays that you don't have to have a big one every year. You might have one every second year. You might just, you know, give them options so that they don't think every single year is going to be the biggest party ever. Next, checking with your kids. Involve them in the planning. You might want to go bigger and better than your child, or it might be vice versa. Remember, it is their birthday, and having some autonomy around choices can actually make a world of difference. 
On your invitations, please be really clear about your expectations. It's absolutely okay to say siblings are not included. No, you're not being mean. You're just putting a very healthy boundary in place. Now, if they have to come, because that's the only way that the child's best mate's going to be able to come, we just need to let those siblings know that they're kind of welcome in the same way the grown-ups are. That means they're on the periphery of the party, not in the middle, belting hell out of the piñata. And if you know a child's coming who may struggle in those social settings, just communicate privately with that parent beforehand to see how you can help that child enjoy the party as much as they can. Now, if you want to go big with a really big theme, decorations, fancy cake, unicorn, go for it. And just remember that sometimes a failed duck cake or train cake or whatever cake, you know, the kids don't care. And my message was always, you can't taste shapes. And you get to laugh about it later. But remember, the kids will be just as happy and feel just as special with their special friends, their special family members, their favourite foods, and maybe a hose in the backyard on a warm day. Try not to feel too pressured by Insta. One of the best parts of a birthday party is kids being able to play together. But while it might look like simple fun, it's actually crucial to their development. You play with them when you can, but you got stuff to do and I've got stuff to do. So just get to this situation and do what you can to just get them playing with these other kids. Hear more in our companion episode, Why Play is Vital for Kids. You'll find it in the Parental as Anything feed on the ABC Listen app. Next time on Parental as Anything, has your child made a friend who's a bit, well, toxic? This girl has started physically taunting my daughter, ignoring her and trying to pin the blame on her for naughty things she's done. Yet my daughter still wants to play with her all the time. What can you do if your child has a frenemy? You can find it in the Parental as Anything feed on the ABC Listen app. This episode of Parental as Anything was recorded and produced on Gadigal, Larrakia and Combermary country. Hey parents, do you want your children to be smart, well-rounded little humans? Well, (laughs) sorry, I can't help you with that. But I can tell you that the ABC has a ton of podcasts for smart kids. Like Fierce Girls, which tells the stories of extraordinary Australian women. And Short and Curly, which tackles the ethical conundrums we face in everyday life. There's even Gardening Buds with Costa. It's a kid's guide to having a garden that thrives. Find them on the ABC Kids Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.